When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host Ricky Valero. And Stoops and I are very happy to make the transition from the 2020 class to the 2021 college football season. We are going to kick it off today with our quarterback rankings. We're going to follow suit with what we have been doing with our other rankings. We're going to unveil our 10 through 6, talk about a guy we like within that ranking, and then we're going to talk about our 5 through 1 and talk about a guy in that tier as well. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime. Stoops, how are you today, sir? I am doing great. It's been, uh, I want to say it's been a long time coming. Some of these guys we've obviously been talking up um, through last college football season kind of thing, even on episodes and telling you how we would dig a little deeper. So it's time. We are getting into the 2021. It's kind of like when a new year starts, right? You still write last year's on the paper. We got to get used to that now. It's 2021, what we're going to be talking about. So definitely excited to uh, talk some quarterback. I know that you're the, I always joke about it, but you're the QB guru out of the two of us. So I can only imagine how excited you are about it. I am very excited because for me, it's like, uh, it's like learn, not necessarily learning new guys or talking about new guys, but you're right. We've touched on these guys a little bit in the past, but some of these guys I don't know a whole lot about or didn't know a whole lot about, or I wasn't as in depth as I was on some of these other guys from this year. And transitioning, it puts a lot of new guys in front of us. Um, it took a lot. I mean, for me, and I know it did for you as well. It took a lot of research to find some of the guys that are going to be eligible for potentially eligible for the upcoming draft. And we will prefix by saying that some of these guys are juniors and some of them may decide to come back. We're going off on the idea that some of these guys are going to have that good of years that they will declare themselves eligible for the upcoming draft. This is just our first throw darts at the wall rankings, and I'm pretty excited about it. Stoops, kind of what was your mind frame kind of going into rankings? Because you're not, it's kind of hard, you know what I'm saying? It's like very hard to just, you're kind of going off of whim, you're kind of going off stats, but you're kind of going off skill at the same time. So was it kind of hard for you to put the 10 together? It it was, and to be honest with you, um, what I did was, so with my rankings, the 10 that I, I have watched game film on them and we essentially you know you could go into a uh, an off season and there could end up being a qb competition but these guys to me are going to be the starters right they're they're, they're going to be the starters there's no qb competition there are some other guys that won't be listed in this episode that i have obviously on my my sheet somewhere in in the ranking system but there's essentially going to be a qb competition or we're not sure if they're the starter yet we don't know all of that so i didn't throw them into my rankings but once I determined who those guys are going to be, um, as far as where I want to rank them, that's where it kind of came into 
well, how do I feel about them right now? What do I feel about what they, their potential is? So there was a lot of different things that went into it. Um, there's one guy, we're not going to actually talk about him today. Um, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say his name. We're, we're talking about him on a future episode, but Kyle Trask, for example, I've talked about him on Twitter. I do not think he's going to have a Joe Burrow type season. I, that is not what I'm saying. But the feeling I had Joe about Joe Burrow last before this previous season, I should say. So what was that? 2018 season. Um, it was kind of like you see glimpses of man. He's got something. There's something there. There's potential. That's what I saw when I watched a lot of Kyle Trask games. Yes, he had those moments where you're like, what is he doing, right? But no. So um, he's in my rankings here. But it's it, he's the guy, right? So that's why I've thrown him into my rankings in one way or another it's fun it's enjoyable like you said where it's it's essentially just throwing darts at a wall and it's like all right you're you're eight you're six you're five whatever you know a couple guys were, were pretty solidified on and this is where they're gonna be yes yeah, it was okay. fun difficult but i enjoyed it yeah i agree with you 100 percent. and perfect case and example is a guy we literally just talked about off the air was davis mills we're not 100% certain he's going to be the starting quarterback. For me personally, he didn't show a whole lot last year that kind of set himself apart because Costello came in and, and still started a few games. But if Mills does have the starting job, maybe he does enter that conversation of being in my rankings and stuff like that. But there are certain guys, as you said, that did not make it to my rankings because the uncertainty behind the quarterback, whether who's going to start, who's not going to start and stuff like that. All right, Supes, go ahead and kick us off with your 10 through 6 quarterback rankings for 2021. Okay, so uh, starting at number 10, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't know how to say his last name. Quarterback out of SMU, Shane Buccelli. I have no idea. Y'all can can fight me on Twitter. I'm sorry. I should have looked it up and I forgot. But Shane out of SMU, I got him sitting at number 10. Number 9, I've got Tanner Morgan. Um, loved what I saw out of him this past season. So excited to see what he, he what he brings to the table this coming up year. Um, number eight, Sam Ellinger out of Texas. We've talked about him countless amounts of time. So um, definitely excited about him. Number seven, guy that a lot of people had talked about, didn't talk about, and we're going to be interested to see. Jamie Newman, um, now that he's at Georgia, I think it's going to be definitely interesting to see what what he brings to the table there. And then number six, um, just told you off air, my new favorite guy, Brady White out of Memphis. Solid list. I've got number 10. I got Felipe Franks. I like him a lot. I like the fact that he transferred over to Arkansas. I think that he's got a lot uh, to bring to the table. I mean, 6'5". Oof, God, I love that as a quarterback guy. Uh, Jamie Newman out of Georgia. Got him in number uh, slot number nine. Ian Book out of Notre Dame at eight. Tanner Morgan at number seven. Uh, and number six, I got break, uh, break, <laughs> Brock Purdy, <laughs> Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. All right, so Stoops, who in that category uh, of guys that you want to talk about? Yeah, so the guy that I want to touch base on is Brady White out of Memphis. Um, he was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. He was the 68th ranked player um, in the country overall. He was the number four pro-style quarterback, and he was number 10 in California. California always seems to produce top talent, especially at the quarterback position, it seems. Um, so he was definitely a little bit highly or higher-rated uh, player coming out of high school. He initially went to Arizona State. Um, he was redshirted his freshman season there, but then um, – Coming back, he injured his right foot, his redshirt freshman season. He missed some some time at the end of the season there. Then he missed all of his sophomore season. So in the end, um, he ended up transferring to Memphis, obviously. And the NCAA actually granted him um, an extra season. So he had his original redshirt uh, freshman season, right? Then he essentially got a medical redshirt, so he gained a 
another year of eligibility. So he's technically a uh, redshirt senior now, but he can even come back for one more season if he wants to. So kind of crazy there. But um, yeah, initially went to Arizona State. And he was actually one of the highest uh, rated prospects that they had gotten in, in many, many years, even, even all time. So definitely he, they were excited for him there, but he ended up moving on to Memphis. Um, very excited what we can see from him. Um, I told you I was doing some cut-ups for a couple other Memphis guys. And it just, I just kept saying, man, this quarterback, right? This quarterback, I love what I've seen from him. He did have some some throws. He's got some some stuff to work on as far as his accuracy. But overall, man, just his willingness to run the ball, fit it into tight windows, just overall, I was very excited about that. So love, love what I've seen from him. Um, one thing I really want to do, and I'm lucky enough to uh, – UTSA obviously is is a so-so program, um, but Memphis plays here in San Antonio, um, September 26th. So I am going to do everything in my power to make it to that game to watch um, Brady White as well as some other guys. You know that I'll definitely be touching base on a on a future episode um, on the Memphis team. So, but no, looking deeper at, at some of his games this year, going up against some big opponents, um, uh, and by that I mean ranked opponents. Um, Played SMU, he went uh, 50. He had a 56.3 completion percentage. So again, not a great completion percentage, but 332 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Cincinnati, who was ranked number 19 at the time when they played, 57.7 completion percent. So again, a little bit lower. 233 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception in that one. When they played Cincinnati again, which was actually the following week in the conference championship game, 44.7 percent completion rate. So he has some massive grounds to make up in that aspect there he does have some other games with good completion percentage but nonetheless um in that second matchup there uh 200 and actually where are we at where are we at yeah 255 uh one touchdown and and one interception so he did have a rushing touchdown in that one as well but again the whole sack thing negative 16 yards is what his rushing yards came out to but against penn state this was the game where i really really um came on to him where I really started to, to really fall in love with his game, his playing style. Um, he had a 62.7 completion percentage, so a little bit better there, 454 passing yards. Although on the flip side, no passing touchdowns, passing touchdowns. And he had two interceptions. One of them, if I remember correctly, um, essentially it hit the receiver in the hands, bounced off, and it just went into the defender. So was it his fault? No, it's kind of that whenever we were at the senior bowl, right? Where I was like, well, it was the receiver's fault. You said, well, it was a bad throw. So it was one of those moments where you could probably blame both of them. But nonetheless, it's an interception and went in the books as such. So um, definitely some stuff to work on there. Um, 11 rushing attempts, again, negative 33 uh, rushing yards. But he did have a touchdown as well. So he gets touchdowns um, pretty pretty frequently. His season stats um, for, for past season – 63.9 completion percent, 3,993 passing yards, 33 passing touchdowns, uh, did have 11 interceptions, which was the highest um, so far in his entire career. Um, again, negative five, seven, uh, I'm sorry, negative 75 rushing yards, but he had four rushing touchdowns, and he did account for 143 first downs. So that's another number we look at pretty heavily. Um, quarterback, receiver, running back, it doesn't matter. We look at first downs pretty heavily. So, um Man, he's a guy that I'm, I'm very excited about, um, but all at the same the same time do have some concerns. Um, had a lot of turnovers. He did fumble the ball a lot too. He had ten this past season, and he's had fourteen in his entire career. So um, when you look at the ratio to it, everything came in this last season. But uh, that's when he had the most playing time too. So he's got some stuff he really, really does need to work on. But I think the potential's there. I think he can transition well at the next level with the right 
um, coaching staff with the right, you know, uh, drills to to help with his vision to get the interceptions down. His it's just awareness in the pocket to hold onto the ball a little bit better. Um, and a lot of the fumbles do come when he runs, so he's just got to secure the ball a little bit better. So definitely some stuff you can work on. But if you watch his film, you're gonna see those moments where where. He, he's, he's the guy there, right? He's the guy in Memphis, and I think he can be the guy at the next level as well. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to keep a very close eye on him this season um, and see what he can improve on. And again, hopefully he, he cuts those turnovers down. So excited about it. Um, who you got, though? I've got uh, my number eight guy is that's Ian Book. Um, I kind of told you off the air, for me, Ian Book is not a guy that I was even considering to even talk about or consider having in my top ten. But so many things kind of uh, stood out to me that I couldn't help but talk about the guy. Uh, three-star prospect um, out of California, six-one, two hundred pounds. A little, little short, but it, it's it is what it is. What it is. Um, Book had a really phenomenal year last year. His transition from year over year was pretty insane. One point nine touchdowns per game in twenty eighteen. That rose to two point six in twenty nineteen. One interception per forty six attempts. Um, he threw the ball 85 more times um, in 2019, and he had one less pick from 2018 to 2019. Some stats that are pretty impressive to me. Over the final four games of the season, he was 77 from 118, 1,025 yards, 13 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Um, Book does a lot well, and I will continue to say good things about him. There's a few other things that kind of stand out to me. In the red zone, 22 touchdowns. Uh, one interception, that to me is is obviously some great red zone offense from a quarterback. I mean, you can't ask for better stats than that, which means his five other inter- you know five other interceptions he had last year came out of the red zone. So he's not turning over the ball where it matters. He makes some very good precise throws. Um, I think the biggest problem with him, and when you watch his tape, you have games where you're watching him and you're just like, I want to punch the wall because for every couple games you watch and you're like, wow, like a game um, the pick out to uh, New, versus New Mexico last year, five touchdowns, the interceptions. And then you look at the game against Michigan where he had a 32% completion percentage through for 73 yards and only a touchdown. And you're like, can this guy win against the big games? So in saying that, I will say this. So in his three, he's 20 and three in his career as a starting quarterback. Very impressive. But in those three losses, he has got to improve in the big games. Versus Clemson, 50% completion percentage. That's the one that got the doors blown off of them whenever they played him inside the uh, Bowl Championship Series. 50% completion percentage, 160 yards, one interception. Obviously, the game that I just mentioned against Michigan's 32% completion percentage, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Just not making plays. And, of course, his other loss was against Georgia, 61%. He did, a, he did have a little bit better of a game against them. But at the same time, he did ha- he did struggle in that game against Georgia. He had two fumbles, two interceptions. They were in position to win that game, and he kind of cost them that game. And it was kind of frustrating to watch. And the other thing that's kind of insane to think about when you're watching Ian Book, he played uh, 12 games last year, sorry, 11 games last year, and he had six interceptions. All six interceptions came in three games. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. The, the game against Duke, he, he threw four touchdowns, two interceptions. What a, It was a big game. Virginia Tech, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The struggling thing about that is, is he needs to improve his accuracy as well. Last year he threw, um, 
He threw the ball 398 times, only had a 60% completion ratio. That to me, obviously there's a lot of factors in it. You have drops, you have all those other things that factor in it. But that's one thing that I would like for him to see improve in 2020. Because honestly, in 2018, he had a 68% completion percentage and then transitioning, he dropped a full 8%. He threw the ball a little bit more and some of his other stats kind of rose within that. But in saying that, the completion percentage dropped down drastically, which was kind of frustrating to watch because, you know, you want to see better accuracy, especially if he wants to play on Sundays. And that's the one thing that you're going to factor in. This guy is somebody that I was talking to um, Stoops about that you could potentially see play down at the senior ball, you know, next season. He And it's something that he might need to do in order to, you know, kind of get his name out there. Um, he's another guy that makes some plays on the ground. He had 546 yards last year uh, on the ground. That was double the year be- from the year before and only had about, you know, 17 more carries. Uh, he had four rushing touchdowns. Again, these are small stats that you want out of your quarterback. He's going to make plays on his feet. So if you average that out, he's averaging, I think, like, you know, 40-some yards a game. That's four, you know, that's, you know, in a fantasy world, that's four extra points a game that you're going to get out of a quarterback. So you like that as well. I've got to see him improve year over year on the completion percentage. Now, I will say this. I say he struggles against the big games. This coming up season, I was looking at Notre Dame's schedule, and it is jam-packed with with some teams that it's just he's going to have to improve. And this is going to be the year that he has to do it, obviously. Stay, you know, stay in the obvious here. But they play Wisconsin. They play Stanford. They play Clemson. And obviously, they play USC this year. That's four humongous games that he needs to get the stigma that he can't not necessarily beat the the big time schools, but at the same time, you've got to be able to beat those big time schools. And and if he can't do that, then we're going to be struggling to see Ian Book, you know, kind of transition into the NFL. So for me, I, I like Ian Book. I like what I saw out of him last year. I'd like to see some improvements, but that's what that's what you know. It's early on. We have a full season ahead of us, but. He really caught my eye watching the tape and looking at his stats and stuff like that, Stoops. No, you're right. And the one thing I want to say on the competition aspect of it is you're you're right. He, he's 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 won the games, but it's kind of like some of them he just hasn't really shown up. So that's the crazy thing is like yes, NFL scouts, NFL guys, whatever they want you to win those games, huge. But if it's like they lose a close game, right? But he threw for let's just say a 70 completion percentage, 350 yards three touchdowns, no interceptions, right? You look at the numbers aspect of it, and you're like, all right, he performed, so what kind of happened? You know, was it a defensive error? Easily be, well, it was an error to throw on his part. So it's little things like that that even scouts will kind of look at. So, yes, they may lose the game, um, which is a knock on the quarterback because that's just how it goes. Um, but if he performs well, I think that could still help his progression to the next level and kind of scouts mind, stuff like that. Definitely interested to see what he does in the big games, so. though. Totally agree. All right, Steve, give us your five through one on the 2021 quarterback rankings. All right, starting at number five, I've got KJ Costello. I know you're a huge, huge fan of him. Uh, number four, I've got Kyle Trask out of Florida. Touch base him on earlier in the episode, so got him at number four. Number three, I've got Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. And then we get to the the pretty, you know, everyone knows. Number two, I got Justin Fields, and the number one, Trevor Lawrence. Those I've seen interchanged one way or the other. They're essentially the clear-cut number two. Or I'm sorry, the top two guys. Um, but that's how my five through one looks. Uh, number five for me is Sam Ellinger. He's a guy that I really liked last year. I talked about him a lot last year. And 
one of the things that when Stoops and I were talking about him was, was like, it would not surprise me for him to come back in his senior year. He just kind of struggled in certain parts of the year that was just like, what are you doing? And then I do think that he's got a chance to come back this year and kind of prove himself. And he's going to need to and if he's going to upgrade his draft stock. Kyle Trask at number four. These two, The next two guys I'm going to talk about, Trask and KJ Costello, those guys were kind of interchangeable at three and four for me. Um, I think they both have massive upside and massive potential. Trask was turned on to me by Stoops, and ever since then, I am in love with this guy. I could honestly see him being as high as the number two quarterback in this class coming up you know, towards draft season. Obviously, like I said, KJ Costello at number three, Fields at number two, and Trevor Lawrence at number one. That's, that's a no-brainer. And I'm just going to say this. I've talked about Lawrence on this show plenty of times. But Trevor Lawrence, to me, is the best quarterback prospect, I believe, since Andrew Luck. Trevor Lawrence should be clear-cut, in a way, the best quarterback. I think he's the best. Like He would be the number one quarterback taken in the last two drafts. And it's not even a debate. He'd be higher than any other quarterback that would have came out. He'd be higher than Burrow. He just has it. And the guy is so good. I can't wait to dissect him more. We talk about him over and over again. Yeah, is it the easy schedule? Yeah, this. Yeah, that. What? It doesn't matter. This guy is good. He makes plays. I, I'm doing a player profile on myself, just a written up one, and I've been working on it, watching his tape. And I had Stoops cut me up a little video, and it's like, this guy is good at football, and I just love watching him play the game of football. But Stoops, enough about Lawrence. Sorry, I had to go on a rant. I was going to say you're going on a little uh, <laughs> a tangent. Love fest. I know, yeah. and he's not even the guy I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stoops, five through one. Which guy are you going to talk about? Yeah, so the guy that I'm going to touch base on, um, I got Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. He was a three-star prospect coming out of high school, number 839 in the uh, recruiting class that year. So definitely not someone who was highly touted coming out. Number 36 pro-style quarterback and number 12 quarterback in Arizona. So um, definitely a little bit lower ranked guy than, than some of the other that came out. Um, while watching some of his film, um, very impressed with a lot of what he does. He seems very uh, very calm in the pocket. He's able to kind of go through his progressions and see kind of where, he, where he's wanting to go with it. Um, one thing I did notice, though, when doing that or when he makes his throws, I don't know if it's a – that's just his throwing style because he seemed to do it pretty often, but he kind of leans back right he, he's not really going into his throws as much as i would like to see he has good arm strength but it just seems like he kind of leans back and away from things while making the pass so again that's maybe just his throwing style and uh, you know he's kind of gone that route but a lot of that I, I did see through a lot of his uh his throws um kind of already touched base on it makes good decisions um with the ball i feel like he's got really good ball placement so definitely definitely excited to see that um, and he's, he's, he's deceptively good on the run. Um, he's not going to be, you know, the most agile. He's not going to juke you out of your shoes, nothing like that, but he's going to get the job done. He gets, gets some yardage, yardage, um, on his runs and he's not afraid of a hit per se, but he is very smart about it. That's one thing we've always talked about with previous quarterbacks where they're not afraid to get hit, but a lot of times they just take that hit because it's there. He is smart about it when need be. He can get out of bounds. He'll slide. He'll, he he would get out of the way of a big hit. So that's going to definitely prolong um, his play in a game and keep him from from missing any time. So against some of the big opponents um, that he went up against. So when they played Iowa, um, ranked number 19 at the time, 70.6 completion percentage, uh, 276 yards, one passing touchdown, um, no interceptions. Love seeing that. Against Baylor. He had a 60% completion percentage there, 342 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. 
against Oklahoma State. Um, 62.9%, 383 for the passing yards. Uh, struggled a little bit on the other aspect. One touchdown, three interceptions. So definitely turned the ball over a little bit more than what we'd like to see, obviously. But against Oklahoma, had a very good game. Uh, 63.3%, 282, four passing touchdowns. Um, no interceptions. He ran the ball 15 times that game, 55 yards, and had a rushing touchdown. So um, if you watch that game, I, I watched the highlights of it and, and, and you know his cut up of it they were down pretty big in that game and then they started to come back they kind of got in that rhythm I, Iowa State did they got in that rhythm and they really started to come back against Oklahoma ended up not not being enough but um he looked really really good in that game next one we got is against Texas 62 and a half percent uh completion right there 354 passing yards two touchdowns and one interception um, and then the final one was against Notre Dame in their bowl game. Uh, struggled a little bit more in this one. Only 56.7 completion percent, 222 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But just looking at it as a whole, I was a huge, huge fan of what I saw. Um, he definitely made the jump. He got the full-time starting gig this year. Um, if I remember correctly, he came on a little bit late last season. Um, again, didn't dig, didn't dig that deep into it, so it may have just been an injury and he started up or you know just kind of outperformed. But um, made a huge jump this year, 3,982 passing yards on 65.7 completion percent, 26 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, he had 253 – I'm sorry, 253 rushing yards and eight rush – touchdowns so again when you have a quarterback that is able to get in the end zone um via either throwing the ball or even running the ball that's a huge thing to have um 184 uh, first downs so a total of 4235 yards on the season so for a quarterback i think that's that's massive and i think he's just going to continue to progress into it this year when you look at his red zone performance um again he had a 57.4 completion percentage but when we look at that I don't we've said it before I don't look so much at completion percentage inside the red zone because like you had said it could have been a throw away I would rather him throw the ball away live to you know stay on the field to live another down or just get a field goal out of it you at least get points so the completion percentage is kind of you look at it one way or another but um he had 15 passing touchdowns no interceptions so to me that does lead more to hey I'm just throwing away I'm not risk a turnover so took care of the ball inside the red zone got some touchdowns um love what i've seen on the film from him and i love love everything that you know i'm hearing on twitter even a lot of guys are starting to come around on brock purdy um gonna be exciting to see what he does this year though i can't wait for it there's a few things i just wanted to touch on i his turnovers are a little bit of a concern for me that's kind of one thing that kind of noticed whenever i was looking at some of his stuff you know i know you touched on some of that stuff i i like the guy i i was kind of playing around with my rankings and kind of see where I wanted to put him. And there was just enough wrong with him per se that I just felt the need to kind of take a step back and kind of see what this year kind of held for him. Because like you look at the game against Oklahoma where he accounted for five touchdowns. And then you look at another game where he's like, you know, accounting for three interceptions. And it's like, man, which, which version of him is the real version of him and and i think this is obviously obviously a pivotal year for him per se to watch him and kind of watch him progress into the season so i'm kind of excited to see what he does this year uh, and that's a lot with like we talked about off the air after lawrence and fields it's kind of like a mixed bags of like you know you you said it and not not to steal your words but like 
Lawrence and Fields are like tier one and kind of even tier two. Like the rest of these guys are kind of fighting, jockeying for that third position, that third and fourth, you know, slot behind these guys, and and to even be talked about in the same level as the Fields and Lawrence, they've got to do a lot this year to prove. And I think that there's a lot of fluctuation from like a Matt Crowell guy from Ole Miss. He's my number fifteen quarterback. I think that you know if he has a good year, he could see himself rise all the way up into that top echelon of the class you know it's a, a riser like a not per se just like joe burrow but you know burrow rose from not even being in anybody's top 15 to being the number one quarterback potentially taken in the upcoming draft so i think there's a lot of flexibility to uh, to be had here and he's one of those guys that you know he's he's at six not like he's not even in my top 15 but he's just a guy that i think could see his stock improve upon having another solid year of consistency and that's kind of what we want to see out of the quarterbacks on the next level. The guy that I'm going to talk about is obviously KJ Costello. Um, I talked a lot about him. I don't know about a lot, but I talked about him a little bit when Stoops and I kind of kicked off this podcast and stuff like that. I remember early in the season, I had mentioned that he was one of my slowly but surely guys that was going down in rankings. And as we, Stoops and I kind of, I think we talked about it more off the air, but he was one of those guys you just kind of knew was going to come back for his senior year and rightfully so. And then of course, factor that in with the transfer over um, to Mississippi State with Mike Leach. And this, I'm telling you right now, guys, I am super excited about this. Everybody, if you listen to the show, you know I have a huge amount of love for Anthony Gordon. And what Anthony Gordon did in Leach's offense is insane. So I told Stoops about this off the air, but here we go. So the last two seasons, you had Minshew, who had a 70% uh, completion percentage, 4,779 yards, um, 7 yards per uh, pass attempt, 38 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, right? Then you flip it around, Anthony Gordon this past season, 71% completion percentage, uh, 5,579 yards, 48 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. These guys threw the ball 12 or 1,351 times between the two of them in just two seasons alone, combining for almost 10,000 yards. Look, if KJ Casello can stay healthy, he is a better raw talent than both Gordon and Minshew are. Period. This guy has got ability six foot five, which that is huge for a quarterback. Two twenty two. Um, he's got a, and he's going to be the starter, guys. Let's not let's not get it twisted. Costello's coming in, and he's going to be the starter. Okay. He's got a big arm. He's accurate. He can make every throw. He's got a high IQ. He's a leader. He should be able to adapt to Leach's offense, which I think is very important because you're going to go. And we talked to Anthony uh, Anthony Gordon a little bit about this at the Senior Bowl, but. If Gordon is somebody who I think has a high IQ as well, but Costello has got that next level ability to learn offenses and stuff like that, I think he's going to adapt very early and very often. And I think that he's going to improve upon his draft status. And this is just me throwing it out here. You're going to hear me talk about a lot of Costello throughout the season. Again, obviously, as long as he stays healthy, but for me personally, I could see Costello rising as high as number two on my quarterback rankings. I have him slot at three, but he does a little bit more that I like than Justin Fields does. And that's not to knock on Justin Fields, but I just like Costello a lot. And I think that he's got all the intangibles 
to really improve upon his stock this year, that it's going to be out of this world. He does make a lot of great decisions. I combined his stats. Obviously, I'm playing only six games last year. 19 touchdowns in the red zone, only one interception. He does turn over the ball. That's one thing that's going to be interesting to see in the transition. He's going to go and throw the ball. He, his highest year total of throwing a football in a season was uh, 413. As, as you mentioned, that would be almost 300 more to throw the ball in Mike Leach's style of offense. He's got 791 career pass attempts. And just think Anthony Gordon in one season threw it 689 times. So he had the 11 interceptions in the 13 games in the 2018 campaign. Something to keep an eye on. Something that I'm not very pleased with. Something that he's going to have to improve upon. They had a couple multi-interception games in 2018. Uh, three against Washington. Uh, he had um, he had two against Utah and two against California Davis. That's the kind of stuff that in absolutely infuriates me about Costello. Is he goes out here and he has these bad games against the world's strangest teams. And I think that's one of the head scratchers with Herbert. Herbert kind of struggled with these weird teams, and and it was kind of funny to watch. Um, a few things about Costello that I don't like. Um, he needs work about his poise in his pocket. I feel like he gets a little antsy under pressure. Um, it's something that is the downside, if you look in the flip side of it, about Gordon and Minshew, they had a little bit of playmaking ability on their legs. And Costello isn't exactly that guy. He's not. He's, he's your kind of your prototypical pro-style quarterback that might hinder him a little bit in that offense. And that's why it's it's a cause of concern for sure. Uh, for sure. And then, of course, can he handle the high volume of throws? You are going into a high volume of throw. And with Leach coming into his first year, if he starts throwing an interception, you know, one per you know, every 50, 60 pass attempts, you know, at what point does Leach maybe pull the plug on him early on in the season? So there's a lot of questions that surround Costello. Like I said, I think Costello could be as high as number two coming into this draft. But if he does not, if he's not able to grasp throwing a ball 40, 50, 60 times a game, then we might have a little bit more issues to see ahead for him because he didn't really throw the ball. Even if you look back in 2018, he only had three games where he threw the ball over 40 times. That's insane to think about considering that he is going into an offense that the, it's, it's the, it's the norm to throw the ball 40 times. And that's the one big thing that I, I want to see the transition. I hope to see the transition. That offense in the SEC is going to be a whole lot of fun, Stoops. I agree. All right, Stoops, one more thing before we go. Is there a guy outside your top 10 right now that you could see easily sliding into that top 10 and maybe even into your top five by the end of the year? Yeah, there's one guy. Um, transfer uh, to Utah, Mr. Jake Bentley. I could see him jumping up. Uh, and, you know, just what I've seen film from games and, and years prior. Um, I think he's a guy definitely to keep an eye on. And he was one that I was really high on. Obviously, he got injured and messed up some, some time there. But Jake Bentley's one guy I could definitely see. Yeah, I, I was he was one that I was cautiously optimistic about ranking as well because, I mean, he, he did transfer. And I think that he's got potential. He's got the size that I like out of a quarterback. I think one guy that kind of stands out for me is Davis Mills out of Stanford. The big problem with him was, is he going to be the starting quarterback? If he does, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world to be a next-level quarterback. So I think that he's one guy that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, he didn't really impress last year, which is obviously something that you don't want to see. But I think with a full year of taking the ones, the, the reps w with the ones, 
with the talent around him, I think that he's got a, uh, an opportunity to kind of shine on his own this coming season. Folks, do us a favor. Hop on over to expandtheboxscore.com. Utilize the tools on there. Use promo code STOOPS to get 10% off. I do love that we're honing in and focusing in on football and football alone right now. It's a fantastic tool to use week to week. There's so many good um, you know, stats that you can find that we're using week to week on the Debbie Delight, so it's pretty exciting. Do us a favor. Head on over to Twitter. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at RickyBlair underscore. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.